0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 297 of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast in, Kyle, where is it? Leesville?
1: I think it's Leesville, South Carolina.
0: Leesville, South Carolina. I'm Jody White, joined by Kyle Wood. Also, maybe Charles Waldorf, depending. He's here. He, he'll, he'll join he's in. He's going to join while. in on yeah. the If you
1: hear someone else, it's expert freelance photographer Charles Waldorf.
0: Uh, Buffalo superstar. Yep. He's really confusing me by pointing out the window now, really weird. It's... There's an Osprey. Okay, cool. Go get your camera. <laughs> he's already got it on
2: him. Oh, yeah. He's just not around here. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, point is we're here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The uh, jewel of South Carolina, actually, the for jewel. The lake on yeah. Lake Murray for stop number three of the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. Yes, sir. Um, anyway, that's pretty much the deal.
1: Kyle, you killed a turkey. I've been catching bass. Life's good. Dude, things are happening. we got some stuff to talk about, and uh, I think we just, like, jump into it. All right, well, we got to talk about Bill Lewis first, but do we want to talk about anything else before we talk about that? I figure we could probably wrap about our life's endeavors at the end, right? So if anyone really wants to listen to that, just go ahead and skip all this other stuff. Jump to the end. You'll hear about turkeys and bass. Alright. Well, I love that. And uh, another thing I love
0: is Bill Lewis, because few lures have stood the test of time like the original Rattle Trap by Bill Lewis. And now, with the help of Major League Fishing Pro Mark Daniels Jr., we're launching the SB 57 and MR6, which catches bigs on the south end of Champlain. Go to
1: rattletrap.com to learn more.
0: Mm. Folks, you can guess which part I added in there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe a little foreshadowing for later on
0: in the podcast. Oh, great call. That's a tease. Um, mm. Anyway, we don't have an interview this week. We are pretty much just sitting down and talking fishing because we have a little news to cover. Yep. Uh, and then we've got Lake Murray, which is will, will be news. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, let's start off with Grand Lake,
1: 2nd uh, Plains Division Toyota Series event. Kyle, you were there. I was. Yeah, this was, uh, I guess couple of weeks ago uh grand lake like it was looking to be a pretty sweet tournament it had a lot of fish like it kind of was up to spawn it kind of was but it also kind of fell a little flat uh to an extent uh Andy newcomb won it uh he had 52 pounds 13 ounces uh it was pretty close chris jones uh who when you and i saw on the field list were like well should we give it to him I talked I joked with him the first day of the tournament I'm like well should I follow you around now and watch you catch five pounders or should I let you just fish today and then I'll bug you later and he kind of gave me that Oklahoma cool like we'll see (laughs) and then he went out and caught them so uh I mean it was a pretty cool tournament in terms of like spinnerbait and a jig were really the kind of the biggest players of the whole thing like Pitching a jig around docks, rolling a spinnerbait behind docks where those fish get up and spawn, like behind cables and, and stuff like that. Newcomb, however, was kind of doing that program to an extent. It actually was more of like gravel uh, banks, kind of on the main lake. He had like one super stretch though, right? Well, he actually was fishing like the gravel bank stuff on day one, caught some fish. Day two, started doing it, wasn't happening so he scrapped it and he was like man i gotta figure something out so he actually ran up to a stretch of bluff bank in the elk river i was like well this looks really good i've never caught a fish off it but let me throw a spinnerbait up here and see what happens and he had one absolutely knock the snot out of the spinnerbait didn't get hooked up he's like well there's some here i think he got another bite shortly after that and was like okay i just got to keep going down this well he had like nine. He had a limit for like nine pounds, and then he caught nineteen in like twenty minutes. This coangler caught a five pounder. Like there were big ones there, and he, he didn't even really get a fish a whole lot of that stretch. On the final day, he went back there. It was a lot cooler and windier and cloudy on that final day. Like it was pretty not super enjoyable. Day
0: one it was like sunny and windy in the afternoon. They chewed.
1: Yeah. They, right. Yep. Day one they day
0: two it was like slick and wind or slick and sunny.
1: Yeah, we lost the wind, which kind of, that's what killed a lot of these guys' reaction. Or the, so the spinnerbait, yeah. crankbait, whatever it was. Um, Newcomb went back to that bluff on the final day and pretty much camped on it. He did make a little move to another bluff in the Elk River. Uh, caught a good one, came back over to that, his juice stretch and cold late in the day. And that's that's basically what uh, put him ahead of Jones. Uh, so, in a tournament where...
0: Because like, hey, he won by 11 ounces, I think, which I like- on grand, that's really close.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's really close anywhere, but. And the the 9 out of the 10, uh, Newcomb aside, the rest of the guys were pretty much running around that mid-lake stretch mm-hmm. and just doing what you should in the spring, right? Covering water, going down banks, hitting the backs of behind docks, like all those casts that are kind of hard to make uh, for where those fish would set up to spawn, and they were catching fish that way. Newcomb was kind of the only outlier in that he wound up Pretty much living and dying off of one stretch of bluff bank for a day and a half, really. Uh, but it was cool because, you know, pretty Oklahoma tournament. Uh, Eric Oliverson caught like a seven and a half pounder on a buzz bait on day one. Like how cool is that? That's pretty dope. Watson caught a giant on day one. Like they were they were biting. We saw we got uh, a better example of what Grand Lake can do. Uh, versus the last time you and I were there for the College Fishing National Championship. Which, to be fair, they caught a ton of fish in that. They did. If They did well. Uh, but,
0: yeah, the quantity was not there. Mm-hmm. Or the quality was not there. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of cool to actually see, like, numbers and some pretty good size out of grand this time around. Like, the weigh-in, you know, was a lot of people who were excited and happy. Uh, which, oh, yeah. yeah recently on Grand Lake has not necessarily been the case. So that was cool. For sure. The the bummer of it
1: was uh, from an on-the-water photography standpoint, like, you know, I'd get off the water at like 12, 12.30, something like that to write the midday report and start working on photos. So with Tanner, who was there taking photos, and the bite was just so juice from like 1 to 3, as it always is in the, in the spring, right? Like, Charles is over here laughing because, uh, like, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but, I mean, it was, like, textbook that afternoon bite. Like, that sun had been up for a while. The water temp was it kind of—the lower end of the lake, you actually found, like, some lower 50s water. But I mean, there were stretches that were, like, 62. And a lot of guys thought that there were some fish spawning. Todd Castledine caught some off beds. No surprise there. Shocker. Uh, but, yeah, like— by the time we'd be getting off the water some of that water you'd start in and be like 57 ish would be like 59 and a half and like you could just tell the second you pulled back up to the dock and we're getting done for the day you're like oh dudes are gonna wreck them <laughs> and they did so uh you know if you were looking through and you're like oh man not a lot of sweet fish catch photos lay off me that's what i'm saying
0: that's basically what it sounds like maybe kyle just Could have done a better job. I could have, right? (laughs) You know, I apologize. If if just you've always been there when guys caught big ones, that would help.
2: Gosh, I apologize. This is my biggest fear that you guys talk about this all the time like this, and it gives me such anxiety when I'm out on the water and nothing is happening in front of me. I get so nervous.
1: No, it's usually it's usually just uh, talking smack about myself or ourselves uh, for having a string of bad luck. I mean, dude,
0: the last—what was remember when we were at Rayburn uh, the second time. Not the Bolton time, because that was magical for me. The oh, second yeah. time, I don't know. I feel like I went, like, multiple days without seeing a fish caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's just—it's um, not your year. That's Okeechobee like, was just horrible for me this year. Yeah. Rob was the only person who
1: saw anybody catch fish at Okeechobee. Rob is really riding the hot hand this year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Rob. I mean— you have since taken uh, some fire stuff of dudes catching fish. Shout Got out one out day to on Smith, you were day just like three in the literally pulling up Smith. to guys that were just there's a four pounder, there's a five pounder, there's a three pounder. I'm over here like, what's a bass look like? <laughs> hey, look a deer! Let me go drive that. Let me go chase it down so I can take a picture of it. That's <laughs> that's basically where I was at. But Grand Lake was fun, I guess, to uh, close that out. I'm glad you had a good tournament, Grand Lake. It was and it was cool like that crew uh, of guys you know like that fish of the plains division uh, good seeing all of them again shout out to Kyle Minky uh, for crushing he, like, he had one of the most interesting patterns of the week I was just gonna say we can't we can't overlook him because everyone else is doing pretty the same stuff basically yeah uh, Kyle was throwing a big chatterbait was he fishing those islands in front of Horse Creek. Yeah, some of those and then some of the points, okay. like kind of the first little pockets going in. Yep, that that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he was basically like slow rolling a chatterbait on the bottom and catching big ones. A big chatterbait, or a heavy chatterbait in yeah. shallow water. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Like less than five feet, but like a three-quarter ounce chatterbait. So, I mean, the thing was like clunking bottom. He said he threw it on like 17 and 20-pound fluoro. He said it didn't really matter. It just, he had a couple different ones rigged up. Um, but that day two, I really should have pulled up the results so I could look at this because... Oh, I have them. I have them up. Dude. Well, I had them up. Oh, on day two, he caught 23-9. Big bag of the derby. Biggest bag of the whole tournament. And went his co like 90-somethingth to 5th or Yeah, like fifth or almost whatever 100th fourth. to yeah. wherever the... He was, yeah, 5th, I think. And then his co-angler also caught 20 pounds, I think. Golly. So, I mean, it was like he knew he was around the right ones. He said the first day... Uh, the wind was blowing pretty good, and the sun was out. The sun was fine, wind is fine. He had like too much wind for that for that shallow water, yeah. and it was all on, like and a lot of that's, like the pretty main like it. like facing yeah outward yeah, facing yeah. stuff. So that was that was why he didn't catch him that good the first day. He had like eleven ten. Uh, final day, he got a couple of good bites. He had uh, sixteen twelve to move up a little bit. But uh, man, it, I always thought like what if it didn't blow quite as hard that day? Like Minky could have won the thing.
0: He really could have. One thing, if anyone ever sees him and wants to ask him this, he said he was imitating a crayfish, and he used a shad trailer on his uh, chatterbait. He was a Zayco, right? Yep, yep. So anyway, if anyone ever sees him, ask him why he did that, because that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) I'm
1: just saying. Maybe it's just, you know, it's like what he puts on the chatterbait, and maybe it's what he had on. It probably is. Granted, dude caught 23
0: pounds, so it really, he wasn't doing anything wrong. No. He was just doing it different. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that was good. I think while we're on the topic of the Aoi? Toyota Series, yes. Kyle, you read my mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, in the Plains division, um, Andy Newcomb is indeed the AOI leader. Uh, but not by much. Yeah. Eric Oliverson is in second. He's ten points off the, the pace. They have both ripped off a pair of top tens to start the season. Uh, T.J. Martin is in third. Um, So, anyway, season finale is at Dardanelle in, like, three weeks, I think.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, it's going to be – it'll be a very interesting AOI finish because not – those three guys in in the top are not really, like, Dardanelle locals per se. And it wouldn't be a surprise to see whoever wins AOI not be in the top ten on the final day Mm -hmm. or for somebody to, like, really make a big push and Win AOI, who's like a, lo- like a local or something. Because Dardanelle is much—it's a much different fishery than the previous two Plains division events.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but anyway, that one is... Uh, that'll end soon. Then the Central division is led by Jimmy Washam. He's 15 points ahead of Steve Lopez. The final event is on Chickamauga. Personally, I have a hard time seeing Washington give up the lead. The guy's fishing lights out this year.
1: I totally agree.
0: Um, That said, 15 points, it's not that much. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can be done, and there's a bunch of other really good East Tennessee guys in that, you know, trail. So it might happen. But uh, the Southern Division is wild. (laughs) Kyle, you are in for, so you're covering, I think, the final Mm -hmm. at Seminole. Yeah. Yep. You are in for like a derby. Um, at least for Aoy. Uh, so Michael Conley is in the lead. He's got 501 points. Nathan Thomas has 500 points, and he's in second. Josh Weaver has 499 points. He's in third. Conley and Weaver are both Seminole
1: locals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. That one's uh, that should be pretty fun to watch. I actually I ran into Weaver uh, the other day, running around out here on Murray, and he's pretty fired up for it. He's like, dude, this is this is cool. He's like, I want to win Angler Lear really, really bad. And for the last one to be on Seminole, uh, like, it couldn't be a better storyline. It's line. perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure Conley's thinking the same thing. So yeah. uh, At the same time, dude, if you got to be the guy who knocked off Weaver
0: or Conley on their home body of water...
1: That's a serious flex. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's like when Lawyer went up to, uh, like, the Ozarks and won. Like, that's baller. Um. Then, I guess, finally, uh, Jeff Reynolds... Is leading in the southwestern division, which also wraps up kind of soonish,
1: uh, two yeah, weeks from like now, end of the maybe even next week.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Very soonish. But anyway, Jeff Reynolds is leading that. He's got 506 points. Nick Aber has 493 points. Um, and then uh, behind them, Dickie Newberry has 488. Todd Castlin has 487. There's It's a little bit more spread out. And, like, theoretically, Jeff Reynolds is probably in good shape. Reynolds' history on Rayburn is not superlative. He's had some very good tournaments. He's had some triple-digit finishes. (laughs) So that one will be interesting. If uh, Reynolds can hold on, it'll be his first AOI. it would be super cool. Like, he's done it long enough, and he's been good Mm -hmm. enough enough times I think he's a guy who should have who should win an AOI at some mm-hmm. point in time this could be the year um, also he's got to get past Rayburn twice dude if he gets past Rayburn twice in one year and wins AOI like man that's awesome
1: yeah yeah because there's some serious uh, some serious Texas in talent in that division yeah sure. and, and especially like in terms of guys that aside from the guys that are fishing all of them but also guys that just jump in for yeah. Rayburn.
0: That said, I will know. So Dickie Newberry is probably not in that event. I would say like ninety nine percent chance he's not in that event because he'll be fishing the Bass Pro Tour event at Travis oh, at the same time. Right. Newberry is by the way fishing like five events in a row, like basically right now. So he's really going, you know, kind of uh, kind of Dakota Eber style. Oh yeah, older. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if he can hold up to that. He About is the same height though. <laughs> good point. <laughs> good point. He's not sure he can, but he's ready to give it a shot. So I love it. Anyway, you know, good luck to Dickie, but that's I guess one less name that Reynolds needs to worry about. Right. Anyway, past that little divergence. Shall we hit Murray?
1: Uh or do we go the other way around, get college fishing out of the way. Then we're all in on Murray. Well, sure. Latest and greatest then.
0: I'm basically just reading results for this one, the Abu Garcia College Fishing Event. It was on. We had a recent one on Lake Somerville, which is in Texas. And Garrett Bean and Aaron Hawkins of Texas A&M weighed 28 pounds for the win. Yeah, five fish. Uh, Cody Ross, Ethan Thurston of ETBU, weighed 25 two. Now there weren't any other 20-pound bags, so mm-hmm. it was like kind of weird. The fourth place team had three for 17. Like, whoa. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dang. Yeah, but apparently, like, Somerville has got some big ones because, like, there were a number of, like, individually big bags. It wasn't, like, great fishing, but there were some
1: huge bags there. Just not many of them. Anyway, it was kind of cool. I figured worth calling out. And the high school tournament that was there, I do not have the results up, but I'm just recalling memory. Uh, The team that won was the only team to catch a limit, but they caught like 24 pounds or something.
0: Yeah, 24-13, Zane Parker and Garrett Wilson. And then second place, Colton Hill, Dylan Callis, had 15 pounds, four ounces for two fish. (laughs) Dudes.
1: Dang.
0: Um, So, yeah, that place apparently has got really big ones. And then there's some fish that are really hard to catch, too. Hmm. I dig it. Yeah, so uh, I think it's a good call that we got that out of the way. Yeah, now
1: we can focus on the task at hand. Murray.
0: Yeah, like Murray. Um, Stop
1: three. Pro circuit. Boom, boom, boom.
0: You've, like, basically been living here now. You wrote the preview. Take it away.
1: Yeah, uh, It's uh, it's really cool. I think... Uh, there there are a handful of fisheries that, like, in the FLW scope of things, uh, we came to not a lot, but enough that we kind of knew what, what was going on. I feel like Murray— Like watchta Yeah. I like Murray. <laughs> Murray uh, definitely falls in that category, especially from cups. Um, especially after, like, after the Atkins
0: Cup. Because I feel like we saw sort of, one, the potential of Murray, but two, we saw a lot more of the scope of that offshore bike. Exactly. Because previous to that, it kind of been bank-beater
1: tournaments to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really had. It'd been like lock a buzzbait in your hand and go down to that water willow or alligator grass or whatever that – whatever you want to call it, whatever it's actually called. Yeah, unless you were Gagliardi. Unless you were Gagliardi. Uh, But, yeah, so this one, like, we've been hyped about this from the get-go because – We've seen BFL results from here, uh, you know, in, like, February, March, or April. And, I mean, it's got... Them. It, this lake usually shows out... Uh, of of the Carolina
0: lakes that are either not around Raleigh or not Santee Cooper, Murray has got the biggest fish. Yeah. Like, Hartwell, all those other Savannah River lakes, Norman, like, Murray's got bigger ones than all those.
1: For sure. Yeah, like... Uh, Mid twenty pound at least bags. All those we have tournaments on. Yeah, mid twenty pound bags. Uh, usually not a like not a sh- not a surprise. Upper twenty pound bags, very possible. Uh, Upper would be probably tricky right now, considering how many fish are. Oh right, post-spawn. I'm just saying. In yeah, generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for the time of year or in that, especially the pre-spawn time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this one's kind of cool because it's almost like we're seeing Murray for the first time, just because we're here at a different time of year. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. There are, like, you can put your boat on the bank and cruise down on high on the troll motor and see, like, a fish on a bed. Then you might go a little bit and you might see one garden fry. Then you might go a little bit and you might just see one swimming around. Like, who knows what it's doing. Maybe it's pulling up to spawn. Um, but there definitely seems to be a pretty good chunk of fish up shallow. There also is at least from what we gathered poking around, talking to guys at the ramp. Uh, there's a bit of a blueback herring spawn and a bit of a shad spawn, but it also depends on who you ask and maybe what they consider a shad spawn. Or uh, I, some of these guys, it could even be that they're on like a blueback herring yeah. spawn bite. The and blueback thing is, that's what you want to see this
0: time of year, in my yes. head. Like, that's what I hoped to see at Murray. And... I hope that we'll see it, I guess, but I wouldn't, it doesn't seem like it's a guarantee that just a classic Carolina, you know, clay points, saddles, Yeah. you know, herring, it doesn't seem like that bite is primed to explode. Now, I we could be wrong, but Morrow doesn't really think it's, Troy Morrow doesn't really think it's
1: going on, and it, he would probably know, you know? Yeah, you're right, he would, and... and... Like, I would love to see dudes throwing on a top water and having it absolutely crushed by four and five pounders in inches of water on a clay point. But, it, I mean, no doubt it will happen. I think there's there's enough guys in the field, Casey Ashley, Gagliardi, Troy Morrow, um, a handful of other guys that, that know this blueback thing. And I guess, even for the people listening, because it's not like we talk about bluebacks a lot, but... the. Like, you can't stress enough how much these bass love eating bluebacks. Like, more so than shad, right? Like, if there's a blueback herring, if the blueback herring are spawning and the shad are spawning, right? And Say it's, like, 100 yards apart, I feel like 9 out of 10 bass will be over trying to eat a blueback herring because they love those delicious They do seem morsels. to like them.
0: Yeah. They're kind of big morsels is the key. Well, right. They're medium-sized
1: morsels. Whatever. The saying was rolling. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that may not be the thing, but there are a lot of things going on. And I think um, a lot of pros are talking about how it's tough it's fish the it, uh, lakes in transition right now and I think there are there's there's like too many pieces to the puzzle right now that guys are kind of figuring out. Uh, post bond fish that are maybe hanging out like kind of by brush piles or some of that stuff a lot of those post bond fish are definitely chewing on blueback herring. Uh, then you have fish on beds. Heard several guys mention they found some guys big ones who found on some bed. big ones. Yeah, like seven. I've heard of some eight pounders maybe on beds. Like
0: you know, Ron Nelson has found like one hundred percent twenty eight pounds on bed. Hundred and honestly, might
1: catch it all tomorrow because John Cox won't be in his way. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. Yeah, like really, the biggest kicker is for the start of the tournament. Like it today, right now, Wednesday on the off day, it's. 70-something outside, sunny, it's blowing really bad. But tomorrow, or overnight, it's supposed to get pretty cold. Yeah. It's and supposed I think be... a lot of guys are worried that that's going to knock that herring bite and shad spawn bite down. Like, hinder it, basically. It,
0: weather-wise, it's a weird tournament. Because yeah. it's going to be cold and that in the mornings, really the next two mornings. Mm-hmm. And then we you know, warm it up pretty nice in the afternoon. Like, it'll be—weigh in is going to be beautiful.
1: Yeah, wayne will be gorgeous.
0: Uh, Saturday, it's going to—I mean, look, we're crossing our fingers it doesn't rain, and it's going to be pretty warm, it looks like. But all week it has been saying we're going to get between an inch and two inches of rain on Saturday. Currently it says 1.4 inches. Oh! So it's gone down okay. from 1.8 okay. and 1.9 a couple days ago, but it's probably going to be really wet on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's actually, I think, going to be pretty warm. High 73. Like, it wouldn't really surprise Mm -hmm. me if the person who wins this does, like, at least three different things. Mm -hmm. You know, like, maybe day one, they catch three or four good ones on a bed. Day two, they do something weird. Day three, maybe they catch them shallow on a spinner bait. Day four, man, maybe they roll up on a point where there's there's Bluegill or Shad going, or, uh. Bluebacks or shad going to town, and, you know, they catch a big back. Like, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if there's a lot of variety in this event just because we got some weird weather. We got fish doing a lot of things. Like, I'm not seeing, even in the summertime, when Gagliardi would win tournaments, when theoretically the summertime you can kind of do the same thing the whole time, guys would do different things. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that Atkins did the same thing Mm -hmm. the whole time was kind of... A surprise to be yeah, honest, yeah, it really was. So,
1: I, I think it's could be a
0: kind of fun tournament,
1: yeah. It should be, I think, one of the more versatile ones we've seen, like you said, just from a standpoint of whatever guys that are catching doing well on day one, if they make it to the final day, odds are pretty good they won't that their fish won't doing be doing the same, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be like, Well, yeah, I weighed one off of bed today, I caught two off a point in the morning that were. You know, herring spawn fish. It happens a lot with Bass Pro Tour events where because the tournament takes such
0: a long time, yeah. The patterns on day one are like guaranteed to be different than on the final day. Here we have possibly a lot of change compressed into a short Very period of time. Very much so. Very much so. Um Charles, do you have any thoughts, comments, concerns oh, yeah, about Charles, Murray? You were, you were here. here. For a cup, you you've right? been here
1: before. Who won we that love cup? You. Was that the Gagularity Cup you were here for?
0: That was probably Atkins Atkins Cup. Cup. Atkins
2: Cup. Atkins Cup. What a third. Okay, so that was
1: like the most. uh, That was our most recent Murray uh, extravaganza. So, what, like uh, in your mind, what are you looking forward to for April on Lake Murray,
0: or just in general? You can. You don't have to know everything if you don't want to.
2: Weather-wise, you know, I left snow this morning. So, (laughs) you don't care about the rain. Who cares? This is good. (laughs) Bring on the warmer temperatures. The, all the different conditions as far as the different tactics that are going to be in play is yeah. really, really intriguing to me. Um, because I think last time I, I did foul Gagliardi around a lot, and he was targeting weed beds, right? Kind of out a little bit deeper. Correct me. What, he, he was doing like something a little so- different.
0: Well, he did have... Like, there was some grass that he was fishing. Like, he was... there's some, like, submerged kind of grass, remember? And I don't know if it's there as much now. But he was fishing some, like, actual submerged stuff where mm-hmm. fish were either on or over or something like that, which was
2: kind of off the wall. And I... Would... He literally circled it for hours, you know, just looking for a bite. So, oh. um maybe the, the variety, which is... Pretty yeah, because like, of life, yeah, we might roll Be up. You might
1: take a picture of a dude catching one off a of bed, then you might take a picture of a dude uh skipping a sanko under a dock, catching a fry gutter or something. Then you might see someone throwing a floating worm, which I'm hyped about because I love floating worm pictures. Sure. I don't know, they don't really do it for me. You just, it's such an obnoxiously colored worm flying around in front of the
2: boat. Like, it's <laughs> what's your favorite obnoxiously colored worm?
1: Uh, well, I think is it
2: methylene? Methylate. Methylate,
1: yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely biased to that. Though I did see a couple of guys with like that. Uh, it's like the, I don't want to say neon yellow, but it's like,
0: uh, oh, like the yellow and pink mixed together. That no, okay. no, no,
1: this was just like yellow. And I'm like, oh, not like the bumblebee one either. Just straight. I'm going to tackle warehouse. Just straight you yellow. Guys talk to yourselves. Uh, okay. i it out.
2: Well, you mentioned the bedding bass and. As a photographer, that is by far one of my most favorite situations to photograph. Because yeah. one, guys locked down, they know exactly where they are. They seem to be pretty... Uh, pretty good
0: telegraph. Flexible, yeah,
2: at like even letting you go different places where you might not think to go. And a lot no, no, of them are no, no, like coach come over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to scare it. It's locked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas other times it's like...
1: I'm fishing this whole area. <laughs> Get back a little
2: bit further.
0: Yeah, Shout and out to like, Mark Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Like, oh, man. Okay. I, uh, I'll just go back here and uh, see what I can see. But, yeah, when they're locked in like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, the fish gives you little tells. And they'll definitely tell you, like, yeah, he's going to bite now. Yeah, and you'll
1: see him, like, swing and miss a couple of times. Yeah. Or, like, kind of do the half hearted hook set and pitch right back in there. And you could just tell. It's getting close. The angler's more locked in. The fish is like where setting up how it needs to be in the bed and cue
2: hooks set basically. For sure. When you see the angler like start to get on his tippy toes and yeah. his calves like <laughs> tense up, you know something's coming. So, it's uh it's a pretty neat experience. But uh yellow. I think it's just the what color The is color is yellow. Yeah. Wow, that's a no, big color. There is no bird no. Just <laughs>
0: Big yellow. bird would be a good name Dude, for a color. Big,
1: big bird. It could be chartreuse pearl, but chartreuse pearl looks more chartreuse Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what I would say,
0: too. You know, uh, Hartwell, in the fall, a lot of dudes were throwing chartreuse flukes. Mm. Like, oh. the color palette really was expanding pretty rapidly for those, like, brush-oriented fish. Do you ever throw
1: a chartreuse fluke for smallmouths? No, man, I don't throw flukes. Oh.
0: I value my sanity too much. Nice. I lose <laughs> I lose too many fish on those things. They take too long to sink. Flukes are dumb. <laughs> That's my take on flukes. Yeah, I mean, now granted I've seen Troy Moore crush fish on flukes, so you know Dude, I watched Brandon Cobb catch like a six pounder on the final day of the cup on a fluke. It was like one of the three fish he caught, and I don't know why I hung with him that long, but he caught it on face. a fluke. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Come deep. on, buddy, I know you can do this. <laughs> oh. And uh well he couldn't but you know, everybody else had left. <laughs> he went from, like, 500 boats to no boats following him, just me. I'm like, sorry, dude. Well, then well, he caught well, a six-pounder. Jody out
2: there hanging out. I think that that you mentioned that, too, with 500 boats following people. I think that would be um, prime this week is that we're not going to have as many boaters out following people around uh, as we did Certainly not Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Dude, that, now that I think about it, there were like, that Atkins cups.
0: That cup was one of the most spectator heavy events that I've ever worked. Yeah. And like, it was, I mean, look, I am all about people watching bass fishing. At the same time, it was super annoying (laughs) because they were, there were a lot of people in the way. It was for what Cobb was doing. Like, I'm convinced that if Cobb had not had the spectators on the final day, he might win – he wins that turn. Like, I think he could – I think he would love to refish that day without spectators. Oh, yeah. So, it would – it definitely would have been interesting to uh, see that. And I assume that, you know, it's spring, it's not the Cup. Like, I suspect that come the final day there will be fewer spectators. Uh, then again, man, if Anthony Agliardi is in contention on the final day yeah. and I was, you know, a local – I would probably want to want watch Anthony Gagliardi Fish. Now probably MLF now would be a good option for that. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, also, you know, it's gonna be a nice day. Might as well go hey, in yeah. the water. It's so nice yeah, get out <laughs> you out know. Of I guess we'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. But it also should be it should be a tournament where the spectators won't be even if there are a lot of spectators like there were in that cup, it shouldn't be one where they affect it as much because I don't think Guys will be running as many places unless it's really a herring based thing, and they should be fishing more of the bank as opposed to offshore places where a lot of people will run over their stuff. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Hopefully, it's a little different, but yeah, that was you're right. The spectator traffic in that one, especially on a well, final was, day, was intense.
2: It, it was part of that too because it's a smaller lake. Like, it, didn't we have a smaller field for the cup too? So, how? Yeah, it how is 50, uh, right?
0: Yeah, was, I mean, I don't think
1: Murray's a pretty big lake, but I do think it's not. It isn't. It isn't because it's big, like it sprawls with all the pockets and little fingers and stuff. So, like, yeah.
0: But a lot of times, it seems like the action concentrates in that lower end.
1: Right, and for the cup, it, it probably didn't really seem as big because everyone was like everyone sucked was fishing in the main like rate. a two mile, er- like a ten this mile. This time, area. we'll see, guys. Like, you'll have to run in the back of a pocket and like maybe all the way to the back, and then you'll find. Uh, Ron Nelson tucked around a corner. Yeah,
2: Ron. It, it it was here too that I think we were trying to find uh, Wesley Strader one day, and he was at the back, 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 back of a tiny little.
0: I remember that <laughs> real <laughs> tiny little. Like, it was like, like some John Cox
2: stuff. Boat line, one lane in, yeah. and uh, we we couldn't make it back far enough. <laughs> okay Yeah now I remember Things are coming yeah. back to me.
0: No cause you're right There were like a couple of people Who really were going Way way up stuff
1: Yeah
0: And obviously it wasn't The way to win But It was I think we'll see less of that And more of just Everyone using All of the available Opportunities in the lake And in the In the rivers Themselves Like I think that You know It won't just be Steve Kennedy Up the river Yeah yeah It we'll will be a lot more guys It wouldn't shock me If on the final day You know You know a third of the field turns to go up the river instead well, of the entire field turning down the lake.
1: Uh, our uh, rental house for this tournament sits basically where the Saluda and Little Saluda split or come into the lake. Yeah, and the amount of guys, been both, a lot of traffic both days, up, running both up and down. Yeah, was actually, uh, I guess it was more than I thought. But again, most of my knowledge before this was August based, summertime based yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, this should be this should be a fun one uh, for us. It should be a fun one for you folks that are going to watch it live uh, and follow along the first couple of days of the tournament because uh, we're going to take some dope photos. Then we're going to have some we dope got live coverage. So. Yeah, we got Charles who crushes life. So you know, things are good. Things are happening.
0: Um, shall we sell some baits and then talk about fishing?
1: Yes, and turkeys. Yeah, well, if uh, that's the case. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I guess, Jody, did you know that few lures have stood the test of the time, like the original Rattle Trap by Bill Lewis? And now, with the help of Major League Fishing Pro Mark Daniels Jr., we're launching the SB57 and MR6, which apparently catches them on the south end of Champlain. Well. <laughs> Go to rattletrap.com to learn more. Dang, what a good read. Mm. We're, I feel like we're getting real pro level at that. We
0: are. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's that's dynamite. I love that. Nice. I just learned that, Kyle, too, right now. Well, and you should tell us why it catches fish on the south end of Champlain. Oh, well, because they're real dumb in the spring, <laughs> and uh, pre-spawn cranking on the south end of Champlain is great, and I uh, hit it really good one of the days and just crushed them. You've actually, I feel like you've hit it pretty good a couple of times you've gone out fishing. Well, here's the thing. I've been fishing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been increasing my odds because... Uh, I didn't really do a whole lot of, like, work per se during heavy hitters. I pretty much just went and fished.
1: Which was the right call.
0: Yeah, it worked out great for me. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. like, you've got, it's obviously everything is pre-spawn. Although, I did lose one on a frog oh, in Vermont. And that's I caught why one. why you have a
1: frog tied on that rod.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. From the Southland of Champlain. Oh, okay. Also, caught one on a buzz bait. Whoa. In April in Vermont, which I feel like was kind of aggressive. (laughs) Uh, And I got one other bite. Well, I got two other bites on it, which didn't hook up. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, you know, this fishing has been good. Uh, Smallmouths have been biting. Smallmouths have been biting. Not as good as I want them to. Last year was better. I think last year, because it stayed colder kind of throughout April, the fish didn't spread out as much. Like, the last time Hmm. I fished, I actually caught some... Uh, sight fishing them They weren't on beds But they were cruising In like Four to eight feet of water Really? Up really shallow Like on rock and stuff And I think last year It was cooler And just those fish Stayed pushed They kind of stayed Pushed up on pre spawn stuff You know On the edges And okay. they just kind of Kept clumping up there Like I could go To certain breaks And I would see One day I'd be there I'd see I'd see two fish The next day there would be three or four fish you know like Mm. they were just kind of moving up and just sitting there and this year i think a lot of fish have moved up and we had we had a big stretch of like 60 70 degree weather like it was really warm and i think that put a lot of those fish that should have just moved up and sort of stacked it they just kept moving um and they went up shallower and shallower which is not a bad thing i mean i've caught good size i've caught good numbers but It hasn't been quite as good as it was last year, because I think a lot of fish just kind of came up and got stuck, basically.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Um, But, like, the largemouth fishing has been really good. I've kind of done that a little more than I did last year. Like, last year, I was just catching smallmouth so good, I couldn't leave it. Uh, (laughs) Which is understandable. Gosh, it's heartbreaking to not catch a smallmouth. At the same time, largemouth have been, like, chomping um, on Champlain and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So, it's really, it's all good. Did uh, you caught some large
1: mouse on a glide bait too, right? No, I did not. <laughs> no, haven't done haven't done that. Or uh, you've also you've caught some small mouse on a glide bait. And... yes, I did catch a small mouse on a
0: glide bait. It was ten inches long. I have caught some on a mag draft though, mm-hmm. six incher in like 49, 52 degree water, which is pretty rad. Ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to throwing a bigger bait to trigger them Uh, because, obviously, a smallmouth loves a small morsel, but I think you can throw, like, a 3.3, 3.8-inch bait through some of those same areas, not get bit. Now, there are times where that's what you want to throw, right? Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes that bigger size can sort of force a fish to bite. Here's the problem, though. 6-inch draft and a smallmouth hitting it, your hookup ratio, not great.
2: It's a little iffy.
0: Um, I've had some... they first of all they usually hammer it like they just knock the oh, fire yeah. out of it. It's a, oh, it's a great bite, but you might and come up with nothing. Whereas
1: you know if they hit a smaller swim bait, usually you pretty much got them. True. See, I've never played around with big swim baits or bigger swim bait. And when I say bigger, I'm talking like bigger than a 3.8, right? Uh, in the spring. In the fall, I usually don't throw anything smaller than like four inches. Yeah. Like, cause I'm all, I'm with you. Like, I can, I could catch fish on the smaller stuff, but also they'll eat the bigger stuff. And a lot of times I feel like I'll get maybe a bite that may not attack this more subtle swim bait coming through. Like, he sees this big, clunky thing coming through. And like, oh. But
0: then, man, there's a certain point in time where all of a sudden it's like, oh, boy, you better be throwing that 2.8. You mm-hmm. know, we're like, you gotta got go like...
2: I think Cold it's like enough.
0: I think it's like low 40s like let's say 45 and down I think you should be throwing the smaller stuff yeah yeah but and when above you're going that, that I think and... you get an array of options depending on the conditions
1: mid 50s 5, 6, 7 down to like 45 I think you could throw probably whatever you want and you would probably throw a muscular and catch one possibly yeah
0: although I will say I have not actually had a big smallmouth hit a glide bait yet the only one I've had is hit little ones and that's a I think I think it's 8 inches Maybe it's It's pretty big um, So We're still kind of You know Pending on that one um, But yeah That's pretty much been My life Well I mean It sounds awesome It's been great I highly recommend it um, Charles you got anything Fun to share You catching any fish Anything like that
2: I've been What trying. about like, Steelheads and stuff Oh, yeah. You got anything running in the rivers? Uh, Well, this... In the start of the year, I was experimenting with some... Like, tying up some jigs. And I guess it's a big thing to do out west. Uh, They tie, like, a half-ounce to three-quarter-ounce jig uh, with some marabou. And you kind of just cast it out at a 45... And let it drift down the current, and you can keep contact with the bottom. So it's um, just kind of like pendulum swing it back. Yeah, for sure. You're you're assuming fish is going to be sitting behind X rock or in this current break, and you make your cast so that your bait pendulums back to where they should be. Um, I actually caught one on like this really crazy chartreuse and black. Jig that I tied, Uh, that was pretty cool. But that was my first steelhead in the lower river. Cool, Uh, because I know when you came up one year for Thanksgiving, we tried, and it did not go so well. Um, (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It it just takes a lot of time. I think you just have to really be out there and and experimenting with things. But it was kind of, you know, I have ADD when it comes to that. I want to try everything, but I feel like if you focus on one thing and you can get a little more dialed in but um i think like you said too uh, about the smallmouths uh there's a spot on the upper river that i'll fish around the end of april beginning of may Um, and usually it goes tube jigs off the bottom then you can throw the little swim baits and then like kyle said you can pretty much throw anything and catch them but in Buffalo, the weather's been so inconsistent that I think they actually tried to come up and then they just went back down. Because it, it's a spot where there's three to four foot of water with a little uh, eddy, I guess, and they come up in behind it. Let's see
0: if I can find this on Google Earth. No, 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 don't find <laughs> it. Don't mind. Uh,
2: they come up in behind there and then it slopes down off this bank and it's probably five to eight feet and then there's like 10 to 12 feet available to them, so I think they pull up and they want to spawn in the shell spot, but it didn't stay warm enough long enough to heat that water up, and I think they just went back out. So hopefully, it's supposed to be 60s back home now going forward. Ooh. It should warm up in time to get, get rid home. of that snow for you. Yeah, get rid of yeah. the snow and warm up in time to go <laughs> and maybe catch get catch the one shore or two. Small yeah, I'm fishing from the shore, so. Yeah. Not like I have a lot of options, but it seems to be a pretty sweet spot. So,
0: How much of that, you know, like the Buffalo Harbor, like how much of that can you walk on the bank and stuff? Like around like those factories and random stuff, or can you not?
2: Oh, you can walk a lot of it if you try. You uh, <laughs> last year, though. I'm
0: just saying, I've... It's funny you mentioned. I feel like there's fish to be caught around
2: there. There are. How
0: legal it is to access, I don't know. They've
2: opened (laughs) up a lot of spots, actually. Um, You know, there's a Greenway Nature Trail. That's a really nice spot. It's got this like kind of cul-de-sac little inlet on it, but both sides of that have riprap on it, and it's pretty deep, ten to twelve feet, very quickly from shore, and you can go there and catch them. Uh, Just be extremely careful on the rocks because last year I did fall on the rocks and drop my brand new fob for my truck into the water, which is still living in Nigeria. Like, hey,
0: so if anybody wants a truck. Yeah, yeah. 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 find the key, win a truck.
2: Uh, if the fob there's still like, works. There's like 14 zebra mussels that are like, mine, mine, mine. But no, you're right. There, there's a lot of possibilities around the buffalo area that's actually a very big spot i think the mouth of the buffalo river when they're in when they come up shallow to spawn you always see guys in that spot there um
0: have you ever caught a uh what was it from 39 hours a rud i've never right? Caught a yeah right, right? You never caught a rud no i caught one of those in a harbor somewhere and i was like oh man that's amazing i want to catch a rud now so like, what does it's it look like? It's kind of like a big minnow. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not really exciting looking fish, but it was a like key a shiner, point. I guess. Yeah. Wow. What I want to catch some of the some this summer? are tench on Champlain. A what They're tench? Huh? They're wicked invasive. They tench? had them. Yeah, they had them in a fish farm up around Montreal or something like that.
1: Everything I was catching up. Whoa. And it flooded, and they all oh, got look out. Look at thing, dude! It's like a bullhead. In terms of what the fins look like, right? It looks short. I guess you want
0: to know what they really look like is big bass because they're kind of a greenish color. They look.
1: I don't know, man.
0: They don't look. They look exactly like what a big smallmouth or a big largemouth could look like for like thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and then you're like, ah, no. Like they once you see them enough, because if you see them, if you fish the north end of Champlain, they're all over the place, up oh. shallow. Anyway, I want to bring some worms out sometime or something and catch something. Dude, like they're it. cool looking. They're, they're kind of cool looking like fish. I bet eye. they fight pretty good. Yeah,
2: is it related to uh, like a buffalo carp? It almost looks like a buffalo carp. Dude, it, I'm telling you, it looks like hump? a it looks
1: like a bullhead and like a and like a uh, like a sucker minnow <laughs> and like a bass all made a weird baby. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know what you're supposed to do with them if you catch them though. Like, I don't know if they eat them. I guess they were in a farm maybe you're supposed to eat them i don't know, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's like a snakehead where like they want you to kill them or like oh. a, a carp or if it's, you're supposed to just kind of let them do the thing but there are a lot of them up there now and they're not theoretically supposed to be there hmm. um anyway uh Kyle gobble gobble you caught a turkey I,
1: well i i didn't um oh. uh broham Brady did Oh, yeah. Brady but,
0: caught a turkey. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I got probably a that you know, or something like that
0: with his arms. How did he catch it? <laughs> yeah. About it. yeah, he actually climbed the tree Pocket and ice. just grabbed
1: it out of the tree. And, oh, nice. Yeah, wrestled it to the ground. See, no. I'm not that good a climber. <laughs> That's why I can't catch turkeys. No, it. Uh, like I was pretty. I was pretty sad this year because I thought that I wasn't going to get a turkey in a whole lot because we have a ton of tournaments uh, in the spring. So it was kind of like. I'm telling you, man.
0: We got to get to that January-February schedule. Let's have, have them all then. Let's get them out of the way or like
1: push them back into the fall a little bit. I'll lose a little, little waterfowl hunting. They bite so good
0: in the fall though.
1: Yeah, up north they do. Yeah, that's down what south I'm sometimes, saying. not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hunted for a couple of days. Uh, we trudged around. It was kind of cool because uh, Brady normally comes down and hunts with me in Iowa. And non residents, you have to hunt. There's like zones the state's broken into. Well, the only zone Brady could get a tag for this year was a zone that we've never really hunted. Like, I hunted it maybe two times in college. So, we got it, it was like fishing new water, right? Like, we got to go play around on a bunch of new public land we've never been to, look at the maps, like, figure out where some turkeys are, figure out where some turkeys were. Took us a couple of days, but he shot one. I actually, uh, on the last day of the season, it's a four day season, it's Monday to Thursday. So, on Thursday, I, we went out to this public thing and we were on this ridge called, didn't hear anything, walked around for a little bit calling, nothing, it was kind of cloudy and cold, like not a great gobbling day and then I like thought I heard a bird gobble on the next ridge like north of me, like on, uh, like on Onyx Uh, I dropped a pin on where I thought he was and you can do like line distances and it was like 485 Onyx is an
0: yards. app that Kyle uses
1: for turkey hunting in case people don't know. Yeah, it's a hunting app. It's like <laughs> using Navionics or like uh, the Lake Master app or the Hummingbird app on your phone or whatever. Fish um, smart. <laughs> yeah. It's not very good. <laughs> Bird was like way far away and I'm like, oh, there's no way this turkey's going to come. So start calling as loud as I can. And I'm like, I think he gobbled at me. So I call again. My buddy's like, dude, he definitely gobbled at you. I'm like, well, here we go sat down and started calling and like five minutes later i saw this turkey coming down the cattle pasture on the private land like coming towards me it's probably 150 yards and i'm like dude
0: wait it- so you stole this off of private land yeah let's call him over wow so i'm like i love that well just wait it- <laughs> this is like a stock <laughs> trout he caught out of- it jumped out of the hatchery
1: <laughs> i mean that bird could have roosted on public and then just waltzed over but okay this is good I like he's this. coming towards the gravel road and uh all you got to do is cross the gravel road Bam! Kyle's gonna get us. <laughs> get under the fence, and you're mine, old boy. Like it's happening. And as the turkey, like he, he gets down to where the dip, like it's kind of a, a deepish ditch on the other side of the gravel road. So he gets down to the dip. So now I'm like, oh, like if he made it this far, there's no way he's not gonna come into coming into these woods. Take a he look. Hates going up hills. All of a sudden, I heard uh, what I thought was just someone like ripping a tractor around. Turns out it was the road grader we passed, like, five miles before we got to the, or we, like, blew by this road grader, got to the public thing, walked around a little bit. This dude was just four miles an hour road grading, just going up the gravel road. That's high-grade roads. Then he went by, and I'm like, oh, what happened to the turkey? Because in my head, I'm thinking, by the time that thing went by, it should have been when the turkey was, like, coming up the to the road. And so I'm like, surely the turkey got spooked off. Well, uh, call a little bit. didn't gobble or anything which he was gobbling really good like any other time I'd make a turkey noise and then uh, I heard like a couple turkeys down the little uh, I was kind of on this little ridge and he was just down the little side hill from me Uh, I thought I heard a turkey messing around so I kind of waited a little more and then like 40 minutes went by and I looked back at my buddy and I'm like what what happened he's like I I don't know I get up road graders coming back down the road So, like, we're standing up now, kind of right by the gravel road. Guy in the road grader's just biggest wave and smile on his face, just loving life. I'm like, you son of a. Like, I would have, I probably would have had a turkey right there if that stinking road grader didn't come by, but such is life. I get to get after him when I get back home from this. Okay, yeah. sounds good. I'm gonna go find him again. Wait, the turkey got away? Yeah, never saw him.
0: Yeah, but what about the one that Brady That's got? so stealthy. Didn't he get a turkey?
1: Yeah, that was a, uh, it was actually a turkey we chased around on the opening day uh for a little bit brady actually had him to like 15 yards but he was behind a big clump of uh, multiflora rose he couldn't get a shot and the bird went back down the
0: multiflora rose (laughs) yeah (laughs) what am i behind kyle
1: (laughs) those are uh i was gonna make up i don't really know i think
0: these are like hydrangeas
1: see jody would know and i don't know what these ones are here they're fake though so who knows yeah but uh, we went back out there the third day. I was supposed to go pick up my kid from daycare, and the turkey was out strutting in a field. And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go kill this thing quick." Turns yeah, out, who cares it, about the kid. It, it, it didn't happen quick, so I had to text my wife, uh, "Yo, you want to pick up uh, Remy from daycare?" And she's like, "Let me guess, you found a turkey." <laughs> Not only did I find one, I'm about to kill one. Like, just give me give me a minute. I'll be home for dinner. You know what I mean? Like, might as well I might as well notch this tag right now. Well, I didn't kill it, <laughs> but I call And Brady uh, because he was on his way over there. He was checking another public thing, and he's like, I'm like, dude, you can sneak out here like with me. I'm watching this turkey. And he's like, all right. So he starts sneaking out. Well, he's like 20 yards behind me, and these couple hands were coming over towards the corner of the field where I was set up. And now Brady's like back behind me, and I look, and the turkey's like 40 yards in front of me, like full strut. Should shoot him but then i was like no like brady came down here he bought a non-resident tag they're really expensive i mean like i'm looking back and he can't see what's going on because he's looking uphill and i'm like trying to sign to him like to get to come to me you don't have earpieces. pieces no you should get earpieces. pieces we just ear pieces i'm like waving and he's like what I don't, what are you what are you What are you doing i'm like trying to make a turkey strutting like <laughs> with my hand and i'm like get here now yeah so he finally like he's Snail crawling. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No. Like, come here. Like, they can't see you. You're fine. And he's just down there, just steady army crawling his way up. I'm like, move your fat butt. Let's go. Come on, man. <laughs> Finally gets up there, hung out for a little bit, and uh, eventually there were a bunch of other turkeys in the way, but they all kind of moved out of the way. Tom was right there. Boom. Done. And, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful spring day. Heard some gobbling that day. I had like, I think Brady had a safety off on like four other turkeys in those three days of hunting, but they were just like behind a tree or something. It was cool. I think I mentioned also earlier that there were some ponds I checked out on one of these public things that I thought I was going to fish. Uh, the first morning I had my rods in the living room and I was so right. hyped to turkey hunt, I forgot the rods. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's so, a uh, classic kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and that's why I turkeys. co-host a fishing podcast, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kyle, you're dialed
1: in on the fish. Oh, God. Everyone says about you. <laughs> Good times, though. Good times. Cool. Um, all right. I feel like that does it, right? I think so, man.
0: All right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, folks, majorleaguefishing.com is your home this week. Place to be. Uh, all kinds of stuff, especially live later on in the week. Um, let's see. Charles, what's your Instagram? You got about 12 of them. Oh, yeah.
1: Fishshots underscore Charles Waldorf. Fish shots, underscore, Charles Waldorf. Dude does all kinds of cool stuff. You make lures, uh, or pour baits, uh, you like tie hair jigs up and stuff. You do all kinds of cool things. Just trying to stay busy. Survive Anyways. Buffalo Winners. Survive Oh, <laughs> <lane. laughs> Flats or Drummies.
2: Flats. Okay. All right, I can get down with that. I don't really okay. care one way or another. Yeah, I'm I, not, I like don't have Buffalo, It got, doesn't sound
0: like he's got much of an opinion either. No, he did sound on the fence.
2: I I did sound on the fence, but I just had to think because he caught me off guard. <laughs> Rancher of blue cheese. Blue cheese. Oh, okay, so man, that was he was yeah. ready for that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. see, now that I knew where you're going. You you went from baits to chicken wings. So You gotta like, be on your toes on this Charles. <laughs> I'm on now. I'm on my toes. Um
0: Kyle, you're Kyle Lumber, I'm Jody Blanco.
1: Uh, we have an email address as well. We absolutely do. Uh, we love hearing from you. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, maybe something you want us to talk about. Maybe something you want Charles to talk about at a later date and time. Uh, hit us up. That is uh, podcast at com or flwfishing.com.
0: The retro one still works.
1: It does. We think.
0: We're, Unless a lot of people are emailing it and we're we We're pretty know. sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I guess if it didn't work, we wouldn't know. You know? right. I mean, we would have been told it got shut off. But if, if you it... emailed us and haven't heard back,
1: send one to podcast at majorleaguefishing.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um, otherwise, folks, I think we're good to go. Should be a fun week here in South Carolina. And uh, I think Kyle is like super hardcore hunting after this, correct? I might be able to knock out a podcast, though. All right. Well, maybe he'll knock out a podcast. Maybe he won't. But we'll see what happens in the coming weeks as uh, season ends. The other seasons, you know, <laughs> continue at full speed. But I'm uh, not. Than thanks for listening.
1: Uh, until next time, keep the them up. And-